Jeff here for POD Insights, your source for print-on-demand resources, tips, and industry news. In this episode, we've got the July 2023 print-on-demand update, including several updates from Printify, some Gelato news, more YouTube questions, and some design tips. So let's dive into the July print-on-demand update. POD Insights, the podcast. In Etsy news for July, just a couple of things since our last month's update. The big update is that Etsy has introduced a new feature allowing sellers to accept offers on listings if you want to put more pricing flexibility into the customer's hands. At first, the option will provide you with a list of suggested listings in your shop to start accepting offers. You can choose to include or exclude listings from that list of suggested ones, or you can also select an option to start accepting offers for all your listings. Right now, you cannot manually select individual listings, but that is something that they are working on adding. So eventually, you'll be able to specify the exact listings that you want to accept offers on. But that's not really my concern here. Let's talk about why I don't think this is a great feature for print-on-demand sellers. First, I don't really think it's intended for us to begin with. If you think about the type of sellers that Etsy tends to create features for, or who's usually the target of their communications, it's sellers of handmade and vintage items. And I know technically we're in the handmade category, but by handmade sellers, I mean sellers who really make their products from scratch themselves, not print-on-demand sellers like us. So for these groups, especially sellers of vintage items, I think this feature makes a lot of sense. If you're selling antiques or vintage items on Etsy, some specific items are probably going to sit around for a very long time and not sell. That's the nature of running a shop like that. But if you can accept offers on your listings, maybe some of those items won't sit around for as long because you can take a lower offer for it and then move on to more profitable items. Now, it's true that you can already run sales or coupon codes or things like that, but as the seller, you never know what the trigger price is going to be for a product. So when you offer coupon codes or run sales, you don't really know if what you're offering is enough to trigger a purchase. But if now you can accept offers, that will immediately tell you what customers are willing to pay. And that can be very helpful for sellers of vintage or antique items. I could also see using this feature if you make your own products, and some of them are very expensive. For example, if you make jewelry and you make a few pieces that are much higher priced than your other items, those could wind up sitting in your shop for a long time without being purchased if people think the price is too high. But you've still got some costs tied up in those pieces, so you're better off selling them for a lower price than just sitting on them for years. And again, accepting offers in that situation could help them sell faster. But now let's consider our print-on-demand business. We're selling brand new products made to order, some of which are personalized with a customer's name or something like that. The actual physical products we're selling are also not ones that the general public is used to buying with a bidding system. There are sort of classifications or types of products that customers would expect to buy through a bidding system where they can bid or make offers. This would be things like secondhand or used products, vintage or antique items, even cars. But a brand new t-shirt or mug is not generally a product type that any average customer would normally expect to be submitting an offer on. They either buy it for the retail price or they don't buy it. Retail coupons or sales are very common, but they're dictated by the seller. 
Now, sometimes we might get requests from customers for a discounted price if they're going to buy a higher quantity, but again, that's different than making an offer on every individual product. So I don't personally love the idea of accepting offers for print-on-demand products because I think if a few sellers start doing it, that could potentially open the door for a new trend or a new type of buying behavior in the space of brand new made-to-order retail products, at least on the Etsy platform. And I don't want to create the expectation that you can haggle over the price of, say, a mug. Hopefully, most customers wouldn't find it to be worth their time to make an offer on a mug that retails for, say, $13 anyway, but I would still hate to see that type of behavior encouraged by sellers. Many print-on-demand products don't have very high profit margins to begin with. I personally get anywhere from 25 to 40% depending on the product and the niche after all of our fees and expenses are removed. You can also generally get a little bit higher profit on personalized items. Now that situation is not at all the same thing as if you were trying to sell, say, vintage items or antiques. For example, if I bought something at an estate sale for $10 and I listed on Etsy for $50, I could accept an offer of $30 and still make a 56% profit margin after Etsy fees are taken out. But if I list a t-shirt for $22 and my cost is $13, my profit margin is only 29% to begin with. So if I accepted an offer for, say, $18, then my profit drops to only 16%. There just isn't any room in there for accepting offers to make any sense. So for me, I don't see this feature as one that I would ever use in a print-on-demand business. I think it would just create more headaches than anything else because it's another thing you'll have to respond to in a business that's supposed to have as much automation as possible and it could encourage the wrong buyer behaviors. But let me know what you think. I'll be probably making a video about it in the future, and you can also feel free to comment on the blog post. That's it for Etsy news this month. Let's move on and talk about some print provider news. All right, starting off print provider news, I've got some various things here for Printify and also an update for Gelato. So let's get started with Printify. To start with, I noticed an unexpected change this past week an updated site navigation layout. All your navigation options used to be across the top of the page on Printify's site, and now everything has moved over to a left menu. There are links for all the important sections, including the catalog, your listings, and orders, as well as quick access to your Printify payments and account settings. I don't think there's anything significantly different here other than the difference in how everything is laid out, of course, but it was a surprising change to see. Some bigger news is the first major event being hosted by Printify, the Amplified event, happening September 14th, 2023. This event is intended to be like a virtual summit for print-on-demand sellers like Etsy Up, but focused all on print-on-demand. The speakers will include some print-on-demand sellers that you likely know from YouTube or the Printify Experts program. You can register now to attend, and if you register prior to August 14th, You'll actually also be entered to win a backstage pass, which includes travel to Printify headquarters in Riga, Latvia, where you'll be able to attend Amplified in person, including airfare and lodging. I haven't seen details on the exact topics of the talks yet, but I will link to the page for the event in the blog post for this episode. So check out the description for a link if you want to go check out more details and register. Of course, registering to attend virtually is totally free. And I'll be sure to share updates over the next month if more details become available. 
Up next, for Printify News, just a couple of smaller updates here. We have a pricing update effective July 26th, which includes updates from several print providers. However, this time it's not all bad news. I will include a link to this update in the episode description for you in case you missed the email from Printify. I scanned over the price adjustments for Swift POD and Monster Digital because I use them in the United States, and I was pleasantly surprised that many of the price adjustments were actually very small decreases. Now, I did notice that print provider, The Print Bar in Australia, does have several increases, so it's not all good news. But thankfully, this update doesn't seem to be a massive increase across the board like so many in the last couple of years. Unfortunately, there is some bad news when it comes to shipping prices. There were also some adjustments to shipping prices with this update, which is a separate link. I was disappointed to find that mug shipping rates from District Photo in the United States are increasing for both the 11-ounce and 15-ounce sizes by $1.10 for the 15-ounce size and $0.70 for the 11-ounce size. So that brings the U.S. domestic shipping for an 11-ounce mug to $6.29 and $9.89 for the 15-ounce size. That's definitely enough of a change. You probably want to take a look at your shipping profile for mugs if you use District Photo. Thankfully, there are not shipping price updates for all print providers, and many of the apparel-focused print providers like Monster Digital and Swift POD do not have shipping updates. The last update for Printify is another small one. They've added support in the custom text layer tool in the design editor for emojis, as well as some additional fonts. They've added over 800 emojis in the hover menu when you're adding a text layer, so you don't have to copy and paste an emoji from outside the editor if you want to use one in a design. They've also added support for more languages with the text layer tool as well, including Japanese, Chinese, Hebrew, Greek, and Cyrillic. Not every font supports all the available languages, but this is still pretty cool because it opens up more flexibility to create your designs right in the design editor. I will link to a page on Printify's site with a full breakdown of these updates in the blog post, of course. Next up, I wanted to mention something for Gelato here as well before we close out print provider news. In the past couple of months, Gelato has made some adjustments to their prices and also introduced quantity discounts for all sellers, including free accounts. And by price adjustments, I actually mean price decreases. So I guess this update should come as no surprise then. They're reducing the shipping discount provided by the Gelato Plus and Gelato Plus Gold subscriptions effective August 30th of this year. So it kind of seems like they're backtracking a little bit here, but they're really just shifting some of the benefits of better pricing to all sellers, including the free accounts, and reducing the benefits in their paid subscriptions. However, they're not eliminating shipping discounts completely. If you are a Gelato Plus subscriber, your benefit of 30% off standard shipping will drop to 15% off standard shipping for orders under 25 euros, and it will stay at 30% off standard shipping if orders are over 25 euros. If you were a Gelato Plus Gold subscriber, your benefit will drop from 50% off standard shipping for all orders to 25% off orders under 25 euros, and you'll keep the 50% off standard shipping for orders over 25 euros. So that's kind of a bummer because you'll be paying more for shipping on most of your single item orders than you were before. And of course, you're paying for the subscription, so that does kind of hurt a little bit. However, with the quantity discounts that they introduced recently, your multi-item orders with a cost over 25 euros will be getting pretty good pricing because you'll get both the quantity discount and the higher shipping discount. But really, the big winner of the last couple months with Gelato is actually the free account because they reduced some of their base product pricing and they introduced the quantity discounts for everybody. 
So free accounts really only gained better profit margins without losing anything. I will link to an updated breakdown of the subscription tier benefits in the blog post. That'll do it for print provider news this month. Let's move on to answer a question from the YouTube channel. Are you interested in small businesses? My name is David C. Barnett, and I've been podcasting and producing YouTube videos about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses for almost 10 years. I'm a former business broker and have owned and operated several businesses, and I've been advising business owners since the 1990s. Each week, I create a new podcast, which answers one of your questions, and I've always got amazing, exciting guests. You can find me on YouTube by going to smallbusinessanddealmakingpodcast.com or just search David Barnett's Small Business in any podcasting app to find me. I look forward to seeing you around. We've got a good question from YouTube this month, and we're only going to answer one. It's about selling in the UK. This is something that was brought to my attention in a recent comment on a video about monitoring your print-on-demand profit, but it's a great point to be aware of for international selling if the UK is one of the markets that you sell in, especially if it's your primary market. I'm going to link to an important page in Etsy seller help articles in the blog post on this, so check that out if you're a seller in the UK. The question was about how pricing is displayed for customers in the UK with regard to VAT or value-added tax. So what I found is that Etsy will automatically add estimated VAT to your price that's displayed on your listings if the shopper's location is in the UK and your item is being shipped from outside the UK, as long as the product has a value less than 135 pounds. And that's British pounds, not weight. For example, if your item price is $19.99 US dollars and your print provider ships from the US, a customer in the UK will see your product price converted to British pounds with estimated VAT added to it already. Now this is gonna be impacted by currency conversion rates and Etsy does this automatically. So when I checked on July 26, 2023, a price of $19.99 in US dollars is equal to 15.49 British pounds. However, I tested this by going into a different browser and looking at one of my listings with the shipping destination or my basically my Etsy account changed over to the UK location and it converted that 1999 US dollar price to 19.79 British pounds. And there was small text underneath the price that said VAT included. So that means the estimated VAT added by Etsy was 4.3 pounds because 19.99 in US dollars again, is equal today to 15.49 British pounds. So the difference in the price they displayed to the straight currency conversion was 4.3 pounds. Now, as I mentioned, it does say on the listing underneath the price, it says VAT included. So the customer is being made aware that VAT is included in there. And now the only reason it worked out to be close was because of the currency conversion. If US dollars were actually worth less than British pounds, then the price on the UK view of the item would actually be higher than the US price that I set. So let's unpack a couple of important things here. First and foremost, what control do we have over this? Well, we have no control over what Etsy is doing here. It all just happens automatically. They do the currency conversion for customers in other countries, then 
the way, you know, than what your account is set to. And they also control adding that VAT. It's an automatic thing. You cannot turn that off. So the only thing we can control is where our products are fulfilled. The key to why Etsy is adding VAT to these listings or to the prices that are displayed is because it's being shipped from outside the UK. So if the UK is your primary market that you want to sell in, the best option you have is to use print providers located in the UK whenever possible. If your shipping profile for a product indicates that the UK is the country of origin, Etsy will not add VAT to the display price. So if you're able to use a UK print provider and have the shipping profile set up correctly so that the UK is showing as the country of origin, your prices will display just as you've set them without the VAT added. And on top of that, your customers will actually have a better experience because delivery times will be much more reasonable if the package is originating from within the UK. So for your core products like t-shirts and mugs that are gonna be you know, most of your listings depending on what your shop strategy is, Printify does have UK-based print providers that you can check out. And I would encourage you to even look outside of Printify as well, because having orders fulfilled domestically is really better for everyone if you can do it. If prices look higher when you're looking at those specific print providers or even another platform, keep in mind that VAT won't be added to the prices you set. So it may actually end up being the same or lower with faster delivery times. So. I mean, it's always going to be a win-win to have orders domestically fulfilled if possible. Now, if you're a seller in the U.S. or another country and the U.K. is not your primary market, but it's one that you do include in your shipping profiles, I personally wouldn't overstress about this because the best thing to do is use print providers located in your primary market, wherever your main selling market is. The best thing to do is just find print providers and use them, like create your listings using print providers that are in that primary market because you want your primary selling market to be showing domestic shipping prices and shipping times to that your biggest customer base. You can always manually edit the prices and estimated shipping times for those additional countries in your shipping profiles to reflect the print providers that you intend to use. And I've showed how to do this in actually more than one of my shipping videos. But keep in mind, your customer is going to pay VAT. Those customers outside of that primary market, like for me, it's the U.S. And my shipping profiles, if they're based on a U.S. print provider, if a customer in the U.K. buys something from my shop on one of those listings, they're going to pay VAT even if I'm going to have that order fulfilled domestically by changing the print provider on the order. And that's triggered by the shipping profile saying that that product is coming from the U.S. The only way to prevent a customer in the U.K. or any country that charges VAT from paying that VAT would be to create duplicate listings with a special shipping profile just for that country. And that's an option you have, but it's not very efficient. I know this can all be frustrating and confusing, but one thing I think we need to keep in mind is that Etsy is not a platform that was built with international fulfillment in mind. It was built as a platform for sellers who operate and ship their products from just one location. It wasn't really designed for sellers like us who can have orders shipped from multiple fulfillment locations around the world. And that's the primary reason why sometimes it can seem like we don't have the options or flexibility we need on Etsy. The last thing I want to mention on this topic is that if you're a seller, 
with the UK as your primary market and you just don't have a good UK-based print provider for your products, you're going to need to keep in mind that VAT will be added to your display prices. So I would recommend doing some competition research for each new niche that you create designs for, like even more than you would normally do. Basically, you just want to focus a little bit more on the competition's pricing. If you are also located in the UK and you're seeing you know, the products listed in the UK, click on a few of the listings in the search results and check to see if other sellers also have that little indicator on their prices that says VAT included because that will give you an idea of whether your prices would actually be higher or not. If a lot of the listings that you're seeing are also saying VAT included, it means those sellers are also having orders fulfilled outside the UK. And if they're on page one of the search results, especially high up on page one, then it must not be stopping them from making sales. You don't stay on the top of page one by making no sales. Also, don't forget to check what other sellers are charging for shipping because they could be charging more for shipping to display lower product prices and kind of tricking you into thinking that you can't be competitive. Now, if your prices will have to be set significantly higher than the competition for that niche after the VAT is added to it, you may want to reconsider spending time creating a lot of designs for whatever that specific niche is that you're looking at. But if you see a range of prices and some would be in the range that you would be charging, then go ahead and proceed as normal. All right, so that's it for questions this month. Just that one, because that one can kind of make your head spin. But that was a good question. It reminded me to keep in mind that things may be different in each market or each country when it comes to pricing and taxes. So it's something we all need to check out when deciding which markets to sell in. All right, let's wrap things up for July with seasonal trends and niches. We talked about back-to-school designs last month, and you guessed it. That means it's time to think about Halloween designs, because by the time this episode's published, it's going to be almost late summer. And last year in the United States, search volume on Google started to pick up significantly for Halloween shirt around August 28th. In the four years before that, the average time is around the first week of September that the search volume starts to increase sharply until it hits its peak right around October 20th. So the month of August is a great time to work on new designs and scan your expired listings for any that you want to renew in the first week of September. As I mentioned in last month's episode, you can certainly work on Halloween designs at any time of year, but I would not recommend publishing them until about the first week of September, maybe the second week at the latest. If you publish new Halloween design listings too early though, in like mid-July, then you would be wasting that one-time bump that Etsy gives new listings in search results because very few people are actively looking to buy a Halloween shirt in mid-July. If your new listings are published between the last week of August and the second week of September, then they'll still be out there for the duration of that peak shopping for Halloween. And you'll also be getting that little bump in search at a time when at least some people are interested in actually buying a Halloween shirt. Now, once you have Halloween all set, the next natural thing is Thanksgiving in the United States and then any and all fourth quarter designs. Designs for Q4 are very wide ranging because you don't have to only focus on holiday themed designs. Of course, you can make designs that are specific to all the major Q4 holidays, but People don't only buy products that are focused on those holidays. Christmas is one of the biggest gift-giving holidays of the year, and it's not the only gift-giving holiday in Q4. You've also got Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. I'm probably forgetting a couple in there, but it is a big gift-giving season, the biggest of the year. 
and gift giving means customers are shopping for specific items that they think gift recipients might like. So that could be anything. So here's a few general things to keep in mind when designing for the fourth quarter in addition to just creating your designs that are themed for the actual holiday. First, core products like t-shirts, sweatshirts, and mugs are very popular gift items regardless of the niche or style. So go about your normal niche research process and keep an eye on social media for potential trending gift themes over the next couple of months. Second, personalized designs can be great gift items. So if you're okay with selling personalized items or if you do already, include at least some new personalized designs in your planning for fourth quarter. These don't have to be complicated either. Personalized designs can be as simple as adding a customer's name or a year to the overall design. It does not have to be any type of full-on custom artwork. Also, as you do your general niche research for new design ideas, be on the lookout for ones where maybe personalization could actually make your design more unique and stand out in the niche. And then lastly, designs that you may have made for other holidays could be selling again in fourth quarter, like designs you may have made for Mother's Day or Father's Day. People tend to give mom and dad themed gifts at both times of year for the specific holiday and then in the fourth quarter. You may have some of those expiring in September because they haven't sold since May. So you might actually want to check that in September and renew them as long as they made sales. You don't want to you know, republish something that didn't make any sales ever. But if your mom-themed stuff expires in September because it hasn't sold since May, it could have a chance to sell again in November and December. So you might want to keep an eye on your expiring listings for the next couple of months too. All right, that'll do it for our July 2023 print-on-demand update. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite platform and head over to podinsights.net to check out links to everything I mentioned in this episode. And as always, don't forget to visit me on YouTube on the POD Insights channel. And if you have a question, feel free to ask one by making a comment on any of my videos. Thanks for listening.